Hey, everyone. If you love this podcast, can you do me a big favor and please give us a review on whatever platform you're using and tell a friend or family member to subscribe. And speaking of subscribing, that's the best way to keep up because you'll get a notification each time we upload a new episode. So make sure you hit subscribe on whatever platform you're now using. Finally, if you're feeling generous, appreciative, or perhaps a bit guilty for getting all this free content, haha, go to patreon.com forward slash the Suzanne Banker show and become a member. You'll get free ebooks, early access to the episodes and a chance to win the occasional free 30 minute coaching session with yours truly. From the magnificent Midwest, it's The Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value, but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week as we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives about men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. Hey, everyone. Guess who I have with me today? I have lured him here. I know. We are going to do a parenting series, which I told you I was going to do periodically, and that I would sometimes have my husband, Bill, with me, and I have him here today. Welcome to the show, Bill. Hi, everybody. Glad to be here. We're going to have a little fun today. For those of you who have been keeping up for several years with this podcast, you you did hear from Bill. I think I think it was 2020 or 2021, and I can't remember what we talked about, but... Um, so the voice might sound familiar and, um, to others it won't, but we're going to do something like to sort of kick off this parenting series. We kind of, um, had a conversation, obviously we have a, a list of things we want to be talking about going forward, but we came up with the idea of really doing the subject, covering the subject of discipline today, because we think that's, um, hmm, such a universal, um, it's just a universal. I mean, everybody's, everybody has to do it as a parent and everybody struggles and the way it is done today is very different from the way it was done, um, in the past. And Bill and I have very strong feelings about that. So I thought, well, of all these topics we're going to talk about, Bill, what's one that we feel, you know, pretty strongly about and get frustrated with, um, when we see other people struggling while also wanting to help as well. So that's, that's where, sorry. I would like to add one yeah. thing. Was, when I think about discipline, I think of it more in terms of setting up behavioral borders for children and giving them, uh, you know, consistency in terms of their behaviors with other people and themselves and respect of adults, all those things that tie into that. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause I think a lot of people think about discipline as punishment. And to me, that's just not at all what it is. It's not meanness. No, you're it, you're helping that child uh, behave properly and with love. It's it's a it's it's a way of doing it with love. I I'll never forget one time. I know this is a side thing, but we were at our local grocery store, and the kids were acting up and running around in the store, and I kind of grabbed them both by the hand and got down to their level and said, "We are in the store." There are people in the store and you're running around and it's not appropriate. You need to stop that because you're going to run into someone. You're going to fall. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt somebody else. And they immediately stopped and behaved. And then another couple who was there, who was in the store, came over to me and said, 
thank you for doing that. We come to the store and there's so many kids that run around like wild animals and we it's very distracting and it's not safe and all kinds of things. What and, store was that? I don't know. Well, I'm not going to name the store, oh, but oh. it was the local grocery store <laughs> I, that we go to. Uh, oh, I wasn't with you, I guess, because I don't remember. No, this. I was, okay. I was okay. by myself, but yeah. Do we still go to that store? I go there a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one you mean. We, for those of you who don't know us, we have um, moved a couple of times in our marriage, actually five to be exact, but all in the same zip code. So, well, um, with the exception of one zip code. So, so we, so even if we've moved around, we always are at the same store, I guess. Although I don't, I still don't know which store you're well, talking five about. Five times is disputable too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Um, okay. So I wanted to start by, we both agree that there is one really, I mean, we pretty much agree on everything we're going to talk about today, but um, we talked about the fact that really the number one thing for discipline across the board is starting young, starting early. And the way you start early when we talk about disciplining children is that before you can actually do the discipline, you have to build the bond. And I think, and I talked about this a couple of um, episodes ago when I was talking about daycare and how so much that goes on in those early years in the daily goings on with your baby and toddler is about building that bond. And if you've done it well and they are attached securely then when you go to discipline down the road, you're going to be more effective than you would have been had they not securely attached themselves to you. So this is a big issue because I think that's very often part of what's going on in today's culture that did not exist 50 years ago. I mean, there's just no question about it that children did not have discipline problems both in our schools and at homes 50 years ago the way they do today i, I don't think that's disputable do you think no Phil? no and I, you're, we're, now you're leading down a path here on this so what what do you mean by what's the cause of that oh um well uh daycare is obviously what i was referencing there in that if you are not there from day one to do the work mostly it's women who do that work obviously as the mother and um, yes, it can be done if it was the father, but I'm just going to use it as mothers and still mothers are the ones who primarily take on that role even today, even when they work outside the home, um, that if you have not put in the time day in and day out for the first three to five years of life, you are going to struggle more down the road with discipline for a whole slew of reasons. Mm -hmm. One of which is they're not going to listen to you as well because mm -hmm. they're kind of mad at you. Let's put it that way because mm -hmm. you weren't around. And B, you don't really know them well enough um, in terms of how they think and how they behave that you, where you would have it, you'd been around from day one so that you can't really be a very effective in it. So that's another piece of it. Ooh. And then there's also the tired piece that you're always talking that's, that's, about. I, I think just, that's, what, yeah. that's exactly where I was going to go was the exhaustion. And yeah. when it's weird how I noticed very early on with, with our kids that um, if they had enough sleep, uh, they were easy to discipline or, or shape. If they were tired, it was like they were drunk and out of control. Uh, they were tired. They 100%. Have, they'd cry or they'd get, they'd just do things that were uncharacteristic and you're trying to get them to stop it and they keep doing it. It was torture. It was torture. I remember having many conversations where say Henry didn't get a nap or Emma didn't get a nap. Or like, it was like, it's like the kids were drunk. Yeah, it was just totally. crazy. 
hundred percent. That's so true. And it, and, and that's what I mean when I was saying, if you're not there to do the work, that part of that work, I mean, like a huge piece of that work in the early years is teaching your children how to sleep. I had a whole section in the first book I wrote about how to sleep, teaching how to sleep and how to eat that basically sleeping and eating takes up the first well, it's their whole life. I mean, well, yeah, it is and their bathing life. and yeah. well, know, doing I mean, other biological things. Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but certainly the first three to five years, it's huge on that front. And you, you, it will last a lifetime if you put in that time in those early years. And I just don't think there's enough education about this yeah. at all whatsoever. No. So I'm uh -huh. not, I'm not, um, you know, trashing on parents. I'm saying I, I want to do this so that we can talk about what's not talked about so that people can be more um, knowledgeable and can mm -hmm. pass this on mm -hmm. because I don't think we talk about it at all. Okay. So, Part of building that bond is someone being there in the early years, but um, it's not just doing that work in the early years and being physically present by one parent. It's also what's the role of that second sort of, let's say, less present parent. I want to put it that way because today, of course, we know there's so many different ways to work outside the homes. So there's a lot of people who... Um, can maneuver around in a way that they couldn't mm -hmm. 30 years ago because of the internet and working from home and all that. So let's just assume primary caregiver and primary breadwinner, just for the sake of argument, which doesn't necessarily mean the person home doesn't earn any money. And it certainly doesn't mean the person who's the primary breadwinner isn't involved at home. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the role of, in this case, it would be you mm -hmm. in those early years. Mm -hmm. You, you were the sole for those early years and I did not bring home an income. So what yeah. is your, what was your role? What would you say to other people well, as that? Well, we, we, we worked very well together on that. I would say that um, I definitely wanted to be hands-on uh, because I know from my own family story, my dad was not really around. So I want to make sure I was present in their lives. So, you know, I'd get up and do my sales gig and I'd, you know, leave the house at seven in the morning and be home, you know, five, five thirty, six o'clock, whatever time that was. Suzanne would be making dinner and, um, and then I was on duty for bath time as we called it and, and reading and before they go to bed, that kind of thing, or we'd watch a video, a short video before we took them to bed, that kind of thing. So those, uh, those times were very important. Uh, I think on many levels because then they actually got very much one-on-one -on -one close intimate time with me. Um, uh, and the weekend, let's not, you yeah, know, the weekends. Uh, well, then the weekends. And then when, and then as they get a little older, you start playing games with them and, uh, like board games, and then you can take them outside and teach them how to play wiffle ball or whatever. And just, there's just a lot you can do. Um, and I think, I, I think, I think with the whole equality message that I've been fighting for so many years, there's just too much concern and worry about who's, um, how do I say this in a different way? The, I've always argued the idea that you have to both be doing the same thing at the same, not the same time, but at the same level in order to be involved with your kids. In other words, you can have a traditional setup like we did 
and still be very involved as a breadwinner, which by the way, is not to say that there aren't plenty of traditional scenarios where the breadwinner is literally not home. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a, a client recently who I know her husband is barely there. Um, and when he is home, he's not really engaged. So that's not good parenting. Let's no, call it what right, it is. That's right. not being present. That's right. not being a dad. Or right. if it's a mom, the mom. But that's not to say that you don't have bad days. Either one of you, like, you know, if you, you had a bad day, well, I, I would make dinner and carry the ball. Yeah, but you have to be physically there yeah, and not at work at right, six o'clock. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I know what you're saying. Or or you you just are tired or whatever, sick. So we, we always kind of balance each other out. And, I you know, we, we were never... The chore, the ch these chores were your chores, Never. and these chores were my chores. Uh, if you know, if there was, I would make dinner. If something came up, not too often. I would, I would do the dishes. <laughs> but you definitely I would cleaned do up laundry. <laughs> I would, you know, uh, make yeah, the beds for sure, whatever. And I'm very fortunate. I've talked about this. You, you haven't been around when I've said this, Bill. Um, but I've talked about the fact that I'm very fortunate with you, and I think a lot of my friends and family would say the same thing because you. It, one advantage of your being a product of divorce, if I can find an advantage, it would be that you are very self-sustaining and independent and, you know, picking up after yourself, cleaning up after yourself. None of that is an issue for me. When people talk about that, I don't even understand it. It makes me sad um, because it, I mean, I assume that's where it comes from. I would, I would, I would say that's probably part of it because I, uh, with my mom being my, my main parent, um, you know, I learned to help out and do things, but that was common in my house anyway, even before then, mm. when my dad was present, the kids did the dishes after dinner. We had, we, we did chores. It wasn't like, okay, you're, yeah. you don't have to do anything. Okay. It wasn't like that at all. It was everybody pitched in. It was like the Waltons. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, and then large family. Now that's another, that's a, yeah. that's another conversation yeah. altogether, but I think that's more common. Correct me if I'm wrong in large families yes, than I, in small. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, so that's the beginning of the conversation about how to discipline effectively. We, we think that that's the beginning of it all is building that bond early on so that when it came time to discipline, you are, um, they're, they're respecting you and feel lovingly toward you because they've had enough time with you. I mm -hmm. guess let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And you've been consistent enough and available emotionally and physically mm -hmm. to then be heard when you guide their behavior I'll mm -hmm. put it that way. Mm -hmm. Is that fair? Okay. Yeah. So building the bond. Um, Oh, and did you want to say something about family dinner as well? Well, that? yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that's something that has always been very important in our household. I would say that um, from both of us, because um, early on it was dinner every night. You know, but then when they start to get older and get involved in other activities, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, uh, sports, um, whatever, whatever it is, choir, I don't know, whatever. Um, we didn't have it, a choir. It gets harder <laughs> to find those times. And so then you almost have to force it and say, okay, so-and-so has got this at this time and so-and-so, okay, we have enough time, we can have a dinner. Because the thing about the dinners is that you learn things about their lives and they learn things about your life and the, everybody's gaining something from that. And when you lose that intimacy where you're sitting down and having a meal, um, it kind of breaks the family. I think it's not healthy at all. 
even if it's once a week, that's great. It's not optimum, but it's better than zero and weeks and weeks and weeks of zero. Um, there's something about that relaxed atmosphere where funny stories happen or sadness happens or tension and you have to learn, they learn how to navigate those things. Um, even when you and your spouse are having a fight and it's obvious, um, they learn, they learn a lot from watching you get angry at each other and make up and say, Oh, okay. So you can have a disagreement and still get along. That's a good thing for them to learn that um, marriage is, is not, it's not a, a romantic ending in a movie. It, it's, it's where life happens. And so I think part of, yeah. So then that to me is part of building the bond because you, if you come yeah. together from, for, for family dinner, which let's face it. I mean, we, we're, we're very old school. Everybody should just know that don't gauge it on ours. We definitely did. If the kids were here, they'd be like, uh, we were eating dinner every night, our entire lives. That's what they'll say. I guarantee it. If they were here um, with maybe a few weeks or months here and there uh, missing, maybe when Henry was doing hockey, but um, we were pretty, pretty faithful to that and that's part of the bond building that's mm -hmm. that's why i put it here under mm -hmm. this note because yep. that's what i thought of as okay so so that's kind of the basis for discipline in our opinion and then and then i broke up a couple different things one i'm just going to give a couple of suggestions and examples for things i did when i when our kids were when the kids were little and i was home with them that Bill wasn't so much involved in because I was doing the Monday through Friday all day thing. And then I'm going to, and then we're going to talk about a couple of things that we did that don't have anything to do with, you know, how often you're with them and that we both did them together. So the first couple of things that I hope is helpful is when it comes to break uh, meltdowns, let's say that meltdowns, like sort of like dad, dad, that's good. That's good. That's my role. <laughs> Even though we're empty nesters, I got to get out of the dad mode um, that Bill was referring to a moment ago. Um, one of the ways that I, when I was struggling with, okay, I don't want to go to target and have the whole conversation. Can I have this? Can I have that? What about this? What about that? And after you do that a few times, you know, you just obviously want something to work so that you don't do that for the rest of your life. Cause that's not fun. So basically what I came up with was preparing them in advance for any time we would go anywhere and target or a retail store is just one. This, this also can apply to going to family to see family or even going on a vacation, anything where you have potential conflict that you can see coming up down the road that you just have this conversation before you go in. So you're about to go into Target and you say, here's what it's going to look like. We're going in for this. We're not getting this. We'll maybe look at this, but we'll buy that at another time or something where you've given them some boundaries to consider before that emotion overwhelms them when they get there. And then the next thing you know, you're having the meltdown. So that's probably one of the biggest things that I think was effective that I would do when the kids were younger is prepare them in advance, have a conversation before entering the space for which you're concerned there'll be a conflict. Honestly, I don't remember any meltdowns. I didn't, I have to say, we, I mean, I must've had them at the beginning to, for, to come up with remember. this and you probably weren't there. That's why I, I said other this, things happening that were funny, but not. Well, that. <laughs> that's why I'm saying this is stuff Monday through Friday that you kind of were shielded yeah, yeah. from. That's good. And good I think, job. I think I came up with this after having those experiences yeah. and I'm like, I'm not doing this for the next sure, 10 years. Sure. Okay. So that's one thing. I hope that's helpful. 
Um, another thing that my daughter will say, um, she remembers vividly is uh, me telling her to save her tears. And that comes from her being, um, how do you describe Emma when she was young? Quite, quite, quite the crier, quite the emotional, like on her sleeve. If she was, if something hurt, um, she was not holding it in. She was crying. Crying is her. Yeah, but sort then of... there was also pure and absolute joy. Oh no, no, no! At the same I'm like... time, like just un. No, I'm saying when she was hurt or upset, like yeah. she got the bee sting. Sure. Remember, she got the bee sting. Sure. Oh yeah. Oh my God, she yeah. she cried like she'd been cut with a knife. Right. I mean, or the time that it, it, Henry headbutted her. Yeah, you know, well, they're the, playing on yes, the floor and he yes, headbutted her. Yes. She's Although, like, ah. well, <laughs> I don't know. That would hurt. That would hurt a lot. But and Henry was like, "What yeah, I do?" Right. No, I just mean anytime she um she cried a lot. That's all I'm trying to say. She and she'll to, to this day she cries when she's happy. She cries when she's sad. She's just it's lovely. It's it's I'm I'm not complaining about it. I'm saying that it was a little overwhelming as when I was caring for her every day. Says um, the lady so, so, who was, cries when she watches uh, the Waltons. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's the second time you brought up the Waltons. Well, okay. I can't help it. It's a good show. Everybody um, should watch it. Oh my god. Okay. Um, so I would tell her to save her tears, and that would basically what I was letting her know was look, if you cry every single time, then the weight of when you really need to cry about something really big you're not going to have any tears left. So I would tell her your tear trucks or wait a minute, let me finish are going to would dry up. And if you use them for these stupid things, you won't have any when you need them. And that seemed to be very effective. And she'll even laugh about that to this day. It also loses its, its uh, impact when you do. Cry. Yes. Ex- you're crying exactly. All the time. exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Now I never had to say, save your tears to Henry. Needless no, to say. No. If any, you'd be I, like, are you going to cry? <laughs> exactly. Um, Okay, so that was the second one. It's the the save your tears. Uh, please feel free to use that if it works. And then the last one I was going to say is um, the five day rule, and that was this kind of goes back to the Target thing. You can you can see I spent a lot of time at Target with the kids when they were little. Um, Wait, I want to f- say something about the save the tears. Uh, yeah, there are appropriate times to cry. Oh, I know. And, That's and what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, the crying at the drop of you know, like well, they had the video of her when she spilled her. Oh, the, the, the M&Ms. M&M's and then she's like and then you're like that's okay yeah, yeah. and then she stopped yeah that's what that, I that mean. was like something gonna take her over the edge start yeah. crying over it like so what anyway okay sorry go ahead okay so so the five-day rule is when you see something you want before you just break out your wallet and buy it just for instance you have to do the five-day rule and the five-day rule is simply you don't buy it when you see it this is more of a money lesson i guess um, and if you still want it that bad five days later, then we'll go back and get it, you know, assuming we can afford it and it's reasonable and whatnot. And of course, nine times out of 10, after the time had passed, you'd forgotten about it and don't want it. And that, and I, you know, I'll use that even for myself as an adult sometimes, mm-hmm. but for kids, I just th- used it today yeah. <laughs> for kids. They just, you know, they're, they're just emotional. They just want what they want. And it's about learning. That's the beginning steps of learning, um, about, Money and delayed gratification, all of that. We're going to do a whole separate um, episode, by the way, on, on money, how to talk to your kids about money. So be watching out for that. I'm looking forward to that one myself. Okay. So those are the kind of the three things I could think of that kind of weren't really related to you so much, Bill, because stuff that I would do Monday through mm-hmm. Friday. Sure. But then there's a couple of other things that we did jointly. Um, I mean, a lot of discipline we did jointly. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of them is always making sure to... Well, you want to do these here? Well, it's just mainly, you know, when when they are misbehaving, 
to make sure that you get down to their level and that you're looking them in the eyes. And uh, I mean, there were times where Henry did a lot of in the corner kind of stuff. We didn't do a lot of hitting. That was, that was something we didn't do. But we put him in the corner. I think that made pretty much the statement. And I'd make him turn around in the corner. So his face was in the corner. And uh, he didn't necessarily like it. Um, he didn't cry a whole lot. Whereas Emma, we'd put her on a chair. And and she would start crying sometimes. Uh, not always. but uh, And then you would explain to them. You know, we would get down to their level and explain to them why they were there. And that we were expecting a different kind of behavior. Um, and if they did do that, they could come back into the realm of the living as opposed to the, 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 uh, the naughty chair, whatever you want yeah, to Yeah. And it. I think coming, I think being on their level is important because it shows that you're not trying to tower over them and be tyrannical, but mm -hmm. rather just, I understand you, but mm -hmm. here's how it's going to be kind of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, let's get to this whole, I want to skip to the not yelling okay. before you okay. get to the other one. Okay. So the other piece of that is, is, you know, as a parent, you, you'll, you'll lose patience and there are times where you raise your voice or you say something you wish you hadn't said. And I think it's very important that you, when you calm yourself down, you take the child aside and you apologize to them. Um, I think it speaks volumes to to them that, okay, I know my behavior wasn't right. And you explained to them, like, this is why I lost my patience and how I reacted wasn't the right way. And I will try not to do that again. Um, you know, I'm tired, whatever. You know, I mean, parents get tired too, and you lose your patience. It, it occurs. Um, you know, and you got a million, let's say you're doing a million things at once and the kids aren't acting right. You're trying to make dinner. You're trying to do the laundry. You got all, all these things are tugging at you and uh, you lose it. And you yell at them and say something that's not uh, the right thing to say to them. And you have got to heal that because if you do not, they will carry that around the rest of their lives. And that's not something you want to leave them with. It's well, I mean, if it's, a, if it's a, if it's a, if it's think, mean, I mean, well, it, I was going to say, if it's, if it's often, I wouldn't say one time yeah. doing that, they're going to carry it forever. Yeah. But you mean, if that's just your regular MO for yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you just, you can't do it. And you know, I'm not saying it was bad stuff, but I just know. I just I know stories from my from my past about people where their parents would say stuff that was just not acceptable. Now, with that, I'm not saying that happened with us, but I'm just saying it was very important to me to make sure that we address the situation and and um, and apologize if we kind of lost lost our cool because um, it happens. And then they, again, they learn they learn how to uh create their own borders by realizing they might overreact in some way in their life and then say you know what my mom and dad taught me that i should i should apologize to the person i overreacted with okay and then the last one is a big one so we save it for last mm -hmm. and that's <laughs> well it's especially big i think for uh, for boys but i think it goes both ways yeah nowadays more than likely well we were a little fortunate too okay well let's just say what it is yeah. first screen time screen time i mean come on that video mean, games uh, computer, uh, social media whatever. yeah well so let's just let's just back up and tell everybody we when i say fortune i mean our kids did not get a phone until they were 12 and that sounds to us like still way too early it is way too it early. is way too early knowing what we know now but we, they didn't grow up with it so phones were not the first 10 years of their life it was just a non-issue so when i look at what 
parents are dealing with now, it breaks my heart um, because it's just, it's a shit show, honestly, to be frank. Um, so all we can do is talk about what we experienced from our stage of the game where technology was, you know, what it was doing at the time. So it was from 12 to 18 that they had phones um, and phones were never a huge thing, at least not with Henry. When we talk about screen time, we're talking about whether it's video games, um, pretty much for boys is the, the standard. And then for girls, it's their phone and social media. And again, even though Emma had a phone at 12, the social media wasn't until later. It just didn't come along yet, or it may have started. Well, we but, wouldn't have let her do but, it no, on top of that. No. And then Henry, he, he, but so, he didn't hold on, use wait, the wait, phone yes. as, it, it, for video no. games because we told him he couldn't. So, I mean, we had clear rules about what it was. The phone was for communicating. Mm -hmm. There were no, and there was no tech in their rooms for years as teens. We finally broke down with Henry, I think. By the last two years of high school, he had uh, a computer in his room. Well, I think but COVID we, was part of that too, and he built his own computer. But yeah, yeah, we yeah, there were just everything was in the family area. Everything was out in the open. Um, and that to me is that just reminds me of what when we remember when we were kids, we had there was a phone that was well, you had a phone in your room, but I didn't have that. <laughs> we had a room, we had a phone with my own upstairs with my and own downstairs, mind. and that was it. So. If you were having a fight with your girlfriend, everybody in the house knew it. So there's no hiding anything, which is what I'm a big proponent of. But yes. we're not in that age anymore. We're not so. in that age, but we tried as much as we could to sort of emulate it by making everything in the in the community family space. Um, the high school years, Emma definitely was able to be on her phone. Um, and I don't know. I I had her on. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Either last year or the year before. And we talked about screen time yeah. and social media and stuff. So she's, I'm not concerned about how it all went down. It was fine in the end, but I do remember the relentless issues with, with Henry, Henry because yeah, we that, had to, yeah. yeah, with the, with the video games. And um, it was like crack cocaine for him. He couldn't, he was like, we tell him to stop and he just couldn't stop. And well, I mean, it, but you have he to wouldn't stop the way we want him to stop. Correct. That way. Right. Right. So we had an hour a day. It was all he was allowed. So we have to temper all this by explaining the real details because people want to know exactly like, what do you mean on a daily basis? Did that look like? Because today it's very different for people doing it than we, we did it. We I mean, still it, do it that way. No, yeah. I know. I know. But I'm saying they have so many more options now. For us, it yeah. was basically this this um, TV with the. It was a, it what do you was, call that? It was the it was the Sony whatever. Yeah, the, you know it was. Um, it was just that one thing. There was nothing game. handheld. Yeah. There, they, he never had handheld. It was always the no, big TV with a thing, and, and he had an hour. And so sticking Xbox. to the hour a day, what Bill means is that getting him off was just extremely trying. And yeah. so, yeah, there was a uh, uh, there was yeah. a lot of the whiny moany stuff going on. So. But your efforts are rewarded if you, and here's the ticket, what we want to close out with when it comes to discipline, the key and the nugget of it all is consistency. Mm -hmm. And you both have to be on the same page because if one's doing it one way and the other one's undercutting that by saying, oh, it's okay. And then when the other spouse is gone and you're, you're like, oh, well, today we're going to have fun day and do yeah. 12 hours of video yeah. games. That's not going to work. It's not going to fly. You're not you're not helping them at all. And you're not helping each other. And in fair, I mean, you know, I, that's that's a whole subject in itself because then it becomes more of a marital thing, which we're not going to get into that today. But um, I think that is problematic for a lot of people for sure. But yeah, consistency is the number one 
underlying theme of all of the stuff that we're talking about. It's the not giving up and that's, and, and, and keeping at it even when you feel like it's not working because it is working. If you're in charge and they feel that you're in charge and you're not out of control and you're firm and you're consistent, it will pay off. And then the last thing I want to talk about, I'm going to ask you, Bill, if I were to ask you, or if somebody were to ask you, because I did a whole episode on this, um, what's the difference in your opinion <laughs> um, between disciplining boys and girls? Um, well, and should it be different? And if it is, why and how? And uh, I think generally it is it is different and should be different. Um, I would say that... Um, Boys in many instances are so much more uh, I don't know, physical uh, and in many ways not quite as uh, cerebral in terms of how they're they're thinking. So you have to explain to them, you have to explain both boys and girls when they're being disciplined, why they're being disciplined and what the circumstances is. And so that what happens is they they create, a pattern in their mind of behavior and they say, Oh, okay. So hitting Henry, Henry learning to not hit Emma in the head when no one's looking is not acceptable. I mean, that's kind of a simple thing, but I'm just saying, um, uh, it, it just, just uh, the, the simplicity of it on that end. Whereas with the girls, um, at least in our experience with Emma is that she was very reactive to the discipline. And so from that standpoint, she learned pretty quick how to behave in the proper way. I would say. Because she didn't, well, she didn't like uh, disappointing people. She yes. didn't want to be wrong. And all right. That. So right. that's some of that is personality stuff, but yeah, I mean that's... like with respect to the gender thing, like, um, like, okay, let me make this less open-ended. You've often said that you think I'm easier on Henry and I've said you're like, yeah, I think Henry, that's true. Emma. Yeah. And so it kind of goes hand in hand with what I talk about yeah. with masculine and feminine mm -hmm. dynamics. And I think there is a component to that with parenting. Absolutely. So can you speak Absolutely. To that? So, um, so yeah. So in other words, my tendency would be more to spoil Emma or let Emma get away with things. And whereas with Henry, I'd be much stronger with him um in terms of how he conducts himself uh but that's not to say that there weren't times where uh but don't you think that's because you you were able to depend on me as the woman yeah who's in other words emma's a woman a girl female and i'm a female that's why and i was a, like if i weren't there would you have i don't a, see you doing it that would be if hard I it's there. a compliment i would have to i wouldn't i would have to adapt somehow yeah. but we complement each other and that's the reason why you have two parents yeah. one male and one female yeah <laughs> i mean there's a purpose that's a whole other subject it's a, a purpose there's why it's set up the way it is <laughs> so um but i mean you knew that i was on her and it because a a, 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 a um, a mother's relationship with their daughter is going to have that strife maybe, or what's the word yeah. that you're not going to have. Right. Well, well, just like with Henry, but she, she also got a good dose of Didi. So, you know, so that was a, your mom. So that was a whole nother layer. That's of, true. That's a good point. So on that end with your mom, she got to Double. be spoiled. And then she also got, got the, the, the discipline. And the, when I say discipline, I'm just meaning more like personal borders in terms of how one conducts oneself. 
I, I, I do think there's a whole nother element though, with all this that we're talking about. I mean, you say you spoiled her. I don't know that she would, well, I don't know. I don't know that she'd use the word spoil, but she say, definitely yeah, thinks you're easier. A, I'd on let her. her get away. She with definitely me. thinks you're easier. On her. Yeah. I, I think there's an element here that is like on top of the consistency being a theme and that's respect. And that goes back to the bonding thing. Like, I don't think she is. Um, I think she came out more compliant by nature, mm-hmm. and Henry came out more defiant by nature, and I think that's definitely in our DNA. I don't know that I see Henry's defiant. I, think I mean, he was he, just... that's not even the right word, but yeah. he, no, because he's actually very compliant. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he, I don't know. I don't know how. I have to. I'm on the spot now because I don't know how I can describe them differently in that respect because they're both so, you know, great on on. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't want to talk so much about our kids. I'm just saying yeah. in terms of the male female thing, I think the respect piece is big mm-hmm. in that goes back to the bond thing and that that can come back and help you when it comes to disciplining. Mm-hmm. So she was, she respects you so much mm-hmm. that I don't think there was a lot of need to discipline us, her. That's what I'm thinking of. It's like, you didn't have to discipline that's her as I much mean. as you did Henry. Yeah. No. And I think that's a guy thing. And, yeah. and it was strong. It was just, like it's, you were very it's more smooth a, and easy well, with said, Henry. It's more of a cerebral brain thing that boys are just kind of rambunctious yeah. by nature. So that's kind of a big word when I use that in terms of their his kind of bouncing around all over the place and doing things that maybe weren't okay. Like yeah. take advantage, take 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 a sample of the time that they were kind of messing around in the house. At, at, they're in their jammies, they're in their onesies, and Henry headbutted her because yeah, they were said, kind of yeah. wrestling. I said this yeah. earlier, but and then he he was like, it was no effect on him. He yeah. he butted her in the head. Yeah, he didn't do. He wasn't crying. It was up. Emma started bawling right. like crazy. Right, and she totally was like, "Oh my God, what did you do to me, Henry? Never do again. Yeah. Never do again." Yeah. And he was like, "What did I do?" Yeah, you know, we're like, "Henry, go right. kiss her. You got to kiss her. Yeah, and say you're sorry." Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even know if he gave him talk then. He just went up and hugged her and kissed her. That's and he funny. looked over at us like, was that okay? I Did I do that right? Well, is that's still funny. upset? What's <laughs> funny about that is him learning that, oh, girls are different. You, yeah. you can't do that because they're more delicate and they get Right. And by the way, I want to preface all this by saying, not preface it, I've already said it, but I want to uh, frame it by saying we understand that not everybody has, I mean, there's tomboy girls, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. there's um, more docile bookish boys mm-hmm. so they're not all going to be we just happen to have a very boy son and a very girl yeah. a very boyish son and a very girlish son right. a daughter right but um yeah it's not to suggest that they're all um you're gonna have this exact same experience right. we can only speak from ours that's all right. so right. that's why we're doing this but at the the the, the theme of it for everybody is consistency, consistency. and then that respect yep. and that lends itself very well to an easier time disciplining mm-hmm. once that bond is established. Mm-hmm. And I, I just mutual don't feel respect. like. Mutual respect. I mean, it's mutual, yeah, mutual respect mutual. for them and for us. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because one of the things, if you guys want to go back and listen to how I did a whole episode on, I think it's episode 28. Um, yes, you can and should raise your daughters and sons differently i was with andre parody and so i talked differently about how yes it's perfectly normal and fine to raise your children differently based on their sex because they're different um but that part of that respect like bill says goes both ways and that means they feel your respect as much as 
you want theirs mm-hmm. as the adult. Mm-hmm. It, it really it, that two way street is is really huge. I just don't feel like we had yeah. a whole lot of discipline. I, no. I don't. I just don't. I don't. I don't know. We maybe we blocked it all out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have to ask the kids. I think they would say that. I think they would agree on how we're describing it. That this yeah. is really the reason why it went relatively smoothly. Now that we're empty nesters, well, and can look back. A, but of course, it's all hindsight is. Yeah. Twenty. And I do. I really do believe the communicating is just a, a big thing and all of it you know explain to them the appropriate behavior this was not the appropriate behavior this is how you're we're expecting you to to conduct yourself and it's repeated over and over and over over all these different instances and then they they kind of realize oh okay and i really do believe that we we ended up with two very mature young children that were i think at a different level than their own kids their their peers many of their peers yeah so it was fun that, that's all i had really yeah, for, was, for today's episode yeah it was fun with thanks bill for, we'll do it again thanks for coming we'll come on, up with bill. another subject yeah maybe come up with i got a list more parenting yeah i'm yeah. sure you do <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so hopefully that was helpful um to everyone and again any questions and comments um i'd love to hear from you see you guys next week thank you bye-bye bye-bye and that ends this hour of the suzanne venker show Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to leave us a review as well as share this episode with a friend. As always, you may reach me with any questions or comments at Suzanne at the SuzanneBankerShow.com. And if you would like to support this podcast, which would be very much appreciated, you can do so at Patreon.com forward slash the Suzanne Banker Show. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week.